welcome back to the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show. Uh, so let's go. Let's go. Let's go back to the conversation we always started having on Tuesday during our Star Wars game. Yeah, for sure. You guys had questions for me about Neon Genesis. I had questions for you. Um, one thing I think we would what we did talk about. We talked a little bit about um, uh, uh, what's his name? Kaji, the fucking Ryoji Kaji. Yeah, that's it. Ryoji Kaji. Like not Ryogi. That's that's the that's one letter away from the the Pokemon Ryogu. Um, um, Is that a new Pokemon? I don't. I'm not familiar with that Pokemon. Uh, or something like that. He's a, he's one of the fighting types and one relatively newer. Uh, okay. But he. Uh, it's funny because we talked a little bit about how what's her face has sort of like a weird like infatuation crush on him. And awesome. yeah, yeah. I was I was seeing glimmers of it. I didn't know really what you guys are talking about. It sort of has become apparent in the last couple episodes I watched. I was on like episode six when we spoke. I, I'm up to episode. I just finished episode fifteen. Like I don't know, like. An hour before we hopped on, I hopped on the recording, and to me, it very much just seems like in that same way that like a a younger man or a younger boy, a child may have like a crush on his babysitter. It doesn't feel like icky to me, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's an it's a it's a it's puppy love. It's an infatuation. It's harmless. That's what it feels like so far, and it's not like he's playing with her or leading her on or doing something inappropriate. Um, and to me, it, it feels very much like, you know, they're, they're 14, obviously like that. She and Shinji are moving towards each other a little <laughs> bit, which I like as a guy who grew up watching shit like Smallville, it's not a terrible thing for me to see like teenagers, you know, bumbling their way through their first relationship. It's kind of, it's kind of cute for me to watch. This um, is nothing like that. This is this is not going in that direction. Well, um, <laughs> I will say, I will say, I am happy that you have found something endearing about the relationships on this program or on on Neon oh, yeah. Genesis, because otherwise, it's just a big shitstorm. Well, you know what I'm, th- you know what I've realized, it is the the Ava stuff, the angels, the sci-fi, the cyberpunkiness of it. All of that is just a framing device for a very character-driven story. Like, Shinji is the protagonist, or mm-hmm. he is the hero, he's the protagonist, but, like, you know, uh, the show is the sort of the, the structure of, a sh- of the show. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Nick Carraway. He's very much in there, and he's blank. He's someone the reader can sort of, or the viewer can put, themse- put themselves in the shoes of. But ultimately, now- he doesn't have a lot of agency. Just to clarify for listeners, this uh, person that you mentioned is... He is the the point of view person and the protagonist of The Great Gatsby. Uh, um, yes, of course. I knew that. Sorry. I find everything... I, I can often compare heroes to Nick Carraway or characters because he is... Like, Nick Carraway is the hero of The Great Gatsby, but he ultimately has no agency and he's just a narrator. He, mm-hmm. is, an, he, is, he is in, but he's not actually affecting change. He's always there. He's never alone with a character, or very rarely he is. And if he is, it's like someone like Jordan. And so when I'm watching it, like I'm far more interested in like when Ryoji Kaji is interacting with uh, what's her face, um, the, the the chick with the Misato. Misato, purple hair, or like they just they he just showed her the spoiler alert for episode 15 of Neon Genesis Evangelion. He just showed her the corpse of Adam, the first angel, and like. I feel like I can't recall now if we had said 
because I was curious. Like I saw something the Ava was doing. The Avas are angels, or they're grown from the original angel. Which one is Matt? It? You want to feel this because this was some confusing ass shit. Well, I, I don't know if you really want us to get into details. I mean, you, you might want to watch the entirety of the show before we answer. Yeah. Questions. I want to say though that it's interesting that you say that that like your impression of the show is that you know the plot and all the sci-fi elements and all of that is kind of just the framing device for these characters because that is a defense and I, that I, I think even even the people who work on the show, if not the creator, have have given as to the as to why the show takes the direction it does specifically in episodes 25 and 26. Mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting that you're picking up on that at this point in time. Um, as for what the, yeah, as for what the Avas are, uh, angels, that kind of stuff, there's more information coming. And certainly, like I said, there's two endings to the show and there'd be a little more information in the movie ending than there is in the TV uh, series ending. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think at least for me, I, I think it would kind of, if, if I was watching it for the first time or when I was watching it for the first time, knowing that kind of stuff might, I, I, I think, hamper some of the enjoyment that of, of watching the show. So I don't want to spoil anything for you going okay. forward. But I wanted to confirm. I wanted to actually just, sorry, just to piggyback off what you're saying, Matt, I want to confirm um, what you were saying about the relationships and how one of the the philosophical themes of the show is about identity self and relationships and how we're um partially ident or partially um i guess we we our identities are partially uh filled in by those around us and the relationships yeah. we have yeah. and on. and whether or not um you know are we truly alone? And if we are truly alone, then can we ever have real relationships? Can we have relationships without pain? Is what Shinji bitches about for so long that it also makes you want to slap them. But, uh, and and I think that kind of gets blended in with the sci-fi very much so at the end. Uh, but it, I'm, I'm happy to see that you are at least paying to something because you're not paying attention to the theme song, you sack of garbage. Here's my thing. Right, like I've I've listened to it enough to know, like garbage. What was that? I said you're garbage again. I but I caught. Uh, there are but there are better theme. There are better anime theme songs. Your warm mouth. That that is that is that is wrong. That is that, that is, is very wrong. wrong. You're saying the Pokemon theme song is worse. No. You're saying the Attack on Titan I'm theme song is worse. It is. Yes. Okay. okay, Yoko Kano is Attack on Titan theme songs that I will say are are, are on the same level, uh, specifically one and um, one and three. But the Pokemon theme song, I mean, it's catchy, uh, you know, it's cool, but like, but it's not a uh, good it's song. Not on the same level, no, no. There are probably listeners who are like, what? How can you say? How can okay. you compare the Pokemon theme song to uh, you know, uh, Cruel Angel thesis of Cruel Angels or Cruel Angels thesis? You, know, you have to listen to the full, really listen to the full thing because I really think you'll appreciate the quality of the vocals on it. And I do want to say this was something that I, we uh, I, I mentioned as soon as uh, Sam said that he didn't listen to the entirety of the theme song or watch the entirety. Of the I did for the first couple episodes, but I right. stopped. But there are there are images that flash on the screen, particularly during the second half of the theme song, and there are uh, combinations of images. Uh, that are kind of made are designed to make you think why are those two images together why did those things flash at those times like to get you thinking about questions you have about what are the avas what are angels there are things that that kind of touch on that in the opening but um and bottom line it slaps it slaps hard 
<laughs> so you know what? So I there's this trend on TikTok now where people are laying songs over um, anime openings. So someone did one with like Dear Maria on like Naruto or on. Um, you sent one to me. Which was it? I thought I sent you one where it was Dear Maria on top of Attack on Titan. I just saw another one. I'll send it to you guys. And it was Montero, the new Lil Nas X song, over top of the Castlevania opening. And it hits fucking amazingly. Like just when the when it drops and he falls into um he falls into hell is when like fall into hell is when Dracula sort of becomes like this like all the the colors turn from black and white in the Castlevania opening to reds and whites. When that's the one you sent to me, right? I think I I might have just sent it to you. Yeah, Um, yeah, you sent that to me. That was a good one. But like I think anime openings are sort of a and anime anime songs and music in general is sort of like it's really opened my eyes. Like probably if you you guys haven't watched Vinland Saga yet, the opening song to the first half of the first season of Vinland Saga is amazing. Like I listen, it's on my fucking like get psyched mix. I listen to it when I deadlift. It's amazing. Um, I was gonna say the one thing that I think is 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 the biggest thing missing from the rebuild movie, so the, the retelling of, of the Evangelion story oh, that I mentioned before, is the is that opening theme. Now, I don't know if it plays in the fourth one. I've avoided all spoilers. I'm not going to uh, read anything about it until like I actually, you know, I, I want to avoid reading anything about it so that when I actually see it, when it actually comes out here, you know, I can go in fresh. But, um, you know, outside of that fourth one, you know, it doesn't play. Um, and and that's the biggest thing missing from it. And I was going to say, kind of going back to that, that thing about um, uh, Oscar's kind of infatuation with Kaji. That's one of the many things that uh, has been taken out of the rebuild movies. Um, uh, well, so the rebuild—they're kind of set up as separate timelines. It's an—it's an, it's an oh, alternate yeah. timeline yeah. telling yeah. of the story. Here's the other thing that I'm going to add. They are okay. So we take there are what 24 episodes in this in this the one season that there are 26. Four. 26 and then a movie that, that supplants 25 and 26. Okay, so we let's say we'll take the TV show and the movie as well for the sake of argument that or yeah, the movie as well and the TV show so that's what uh 8 so like 10 hours, 10 or 11 hours, right? They can have those subplots. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. uh, but the rebuild movies are what? How many are there? There's four now. So let's say it's only four. They're each ninety yeah. minutes, two hours long. About yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Right, and you want to move a movie, so you want to pack it with like relevant stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, they're not. They're not talking about the nuances of Operation Paperclip and Captain America and the First Avenger, even though the comic books do. It was especially like more like the mid '90s going forward Captain America comics. So I can sort of understand it, and like if I was like a producer on that, I could or a writer. Or like a storyboard artist, I or a storyboard like editor or something, working on the screenplay, whatever, I could justify cutting that. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching it now, and I think it does give a certain depth to Oscar's character. Um, beyond her being like, have just, you seen her backstory? I know it's coming. I did have something. I did have like she's essentially like taken out of the fight, and she's just nothing for the rest of the season. Like, I did get that spoiled for me by accident. Oh, um, tip of the iceberg. But, yeah. okay, but she's gone through past trauma and whatever. I think, like, all of that is really interesting to me, then I want to see that. 
I'm curious about, I also got it spoiled for me that I don't know what it means that Ray is Lilith. I don't know what that means though. Nobody I will mean, ever outright say this. Or it's just, or an avatar. No, 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 you're right, but nobody outright says it. It, it is, but it is strongly implied. Yes. And I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm kind of liking what they're doing like with the, like that this whole Marduk Institute and like Marduk and they're getting, I don't know a hell of a lot about like uh, pre- Zoroastrian pre-Sasanian fucking religion and mythology, but Marduk was some sort of deity in that in the Babylonian pantheon. So that's sort of interesting to me that they're getting into like Middle you East. have to have a PhD. They're in, getting into like pre-Abrahamic like Middle Eastern stuff, which is like because a, a lot of like Abrahamic religion took from other Middle Eastern faiths, right? Like most of Islamic uh uh, like mysticism is like just is pre-Islamic and they just fucking poured it over. I am the religious, I feel like I'm the religious nerd authority here. That's that's my part of my nerd wheelhouse. Yeah, and, but I'm actually Middle Eastern. <laughs> okay, but as somebody who literally studied this stuff and the history of religion and whatnot, you're right. There is, okay, not about the Islam thing, but um, they do tap into Christian, Judeo, like, uh, Kabbalah and stuff, and um, a teensy bit of Islamic stuff, but honestly, not so much. Um, they use a lot of iconography, and I think this is this is one of the most beautiful things about anime is when they use these um, these Western and European concepts with almost zero regard for the original context, the way Western. Uh, media does to Japanese and Eastern concepts without really getting them. So they'll like throw in names here and there and they'll like, um, well, you can, I was going to say, I was going to say it would suck if that Marduk Institute thing didn't go anywhere, wouldn't it? Oh God. So <laughs> you know what? it's funny that guy, because I think that gets to the fact that we, as people who were, who have, who were, have spent the majority of our lives either in North America or engrossed in North American culture, have our Western European as well, colonizer culture. Let's just say it. Yeah. And because the, like Abrahamic, Abrahamic religion and such has been so heavily Westernized for us that mm. I think that Japan's going back to the source. Um, like when I, if I'm, if I'm writing, if I'm writing a book or I am writing a book and I want pyramids, I'm not going to take everything I'm not going to take some sort of westernized version. I'm going to go back to the source and then take what I want from there, right? I'm going to pick and choose just like they just like the colonizers and the white people pick and chose from like something for their own, you know, goals. I'm blathering on at this point, but you know, I think it's I think it's enjoyable so far. I'm sort of liking that the story is really not the fact that you know, Shinji's driving a mech. I'm that's not the story, which I'm yeah. kind of happy about. Because it's not super, it's not as shown in as it was sort of pitched to me by you guys. Because like, no, I don't what, think we really three? pitched this being shown in. I don't think, I don't think we did. Mm. I remember, I remember. Maybe it's because I keep hearing the word. Like, I always end up hitting skip intro on Netflix right around when he when the the music. Oh, Shonen, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Shonen means like, even before I like I even studied Japanese. I used to have the all the words memorized. Now I've kind of forgotten it, but that but, song but, is so catchy. We could, we just end up back to how catchy that's. Okay, song. so uh, but like, what is interesting to me is that despite the fact that the majority of the main characters are women. Every time they have a conversation that he's in strays close to passing the Bechtel test, they end up talking about marriage, relationships, or fashion. 
That's a. I think that's a very typical trope in. Or they just happen to be hanging out naked and like playing with each other and giving at the bath. Yeah, at, at, the, at, at the steam bath or whatever. That as just, women do, I'm sure. Like it, it's it's happens just, all the time. Yeah, of course, of course. Here, here's something to think about. In, in episode eight, at the end, Kaji came with a little embryo thing, and they said that was Adam. But then in episode 15, they call that thing in Terminal Dogma Adam as well. So I don't know. Well, the, the, uh, well, yeah. The, well, Adam, the Adam, Adam of Adam's corpse are like growing little people. So I'm, yeah, I'm you know, I, I'm actually very. It, it's very interesting again that you picked up on that because it kind of just looks like loose thread and stuff at, at certain times. But yes, those are little legs growing out of uh, growing out of the torso of uh, Adam. Um, I gotta ask you a. What do you think of the design work in this show, and especially, especially the giant mechs? Consider compared to the other giant mech cultures that you've been exposed to. Um, well, my first exposure to a lot of giant mech stuff, especially as someone like you know, someone like an, a young, like elder Gen Z, younger millennial. Um, my first exposure to mechs was like Zords and Megazords in Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same, right. Same. Um, you know, in if you translate them properly, they're actually called Mechazords. They're not called Megazords. And cooler. Yeah. Um, Megazord. Man, I, I think my my mom still has all my my like Megazord and Power Ranger shit. Hold on to that, man. Um no. Uh but the the um what was I saying? But it's uh I think it's interesting because like I saw I haven't seen a lot of like mech anime. I end up looking for things that are a little grittier, you know, as shown Gundam, by. I'm, I'm going to jump in here and say Gundam as a mech anime. There are many different Gundam series. Gundam can be pretty gritty war anime, really. Well, I've, so I never watched Gundam. I know I knew of it. I had like a Gundam action figure, like the main guy, but I never got into the show. It was on Toonami, but it wasn't really my thing. I was more of a Nickelodeon kid growing up, anyway. But to I go, just started watching it again. <laughs> but Gundam I, Wing. But the what I do like about the appearance of the Ava is, is that it is I don't love that it's like super long arms, super skinny body. It's like very like unreal unrealistic in that way. Like if it was gonna be a mech, you'd have to have the torso would have to be massive and there probably wouldn't be legs because it wouldn't hold up the weight, but whatever. I do like the fact that the body somewhat makes sense, especially once you sort of figure out that they're either they are somehow related to the angels and sort of mm -hmm. thus have similar body shapes, longer limbs, smaller bodies sort of less head i think i'm sort of liking that but like when i watch an anime when i watch anything i'm not watching for design i'm not watching for cool shit like when i watch young the new the third season of young justice as an example with calderon's redesign because he's aquaman now i thought i like i think i said once the first time i watched like oh cool he's in a new suit then he's a new aquaman suit and his water bears were black instead of silver like it's not really why i How watched it how do you like the fact that they're they're uh, they don't have battery power or anything? They literally got to plug in. I think that's very. It's like that, and the fact that Ryoji wears a tie that's like barely past the like above his belly button, and it's his, his suit's too baggy, and he's like all this tech, but he still looks like he got pulled out of fuck. The, it's he looks like Chandler with a long with long hair, <laughs> like <laughs> like it is so. The show is so '90s and yet so like yeah. Um, that's one of those things. It's one of those '90s things. Like no one has a cell phone. Um, 
I think that's another reason that they decided to retell the story with these four movies because the series, uh, you know, certain aspects of the series are dated. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's very interesting that in the in, in the first of the, of the retelling movies, uh, they still keep that scene where Shinji's on that payphone trying to call Misato, but they they change it a bit. It's that his cell phone is out of his cell phone like doesn't work oh. or like, it's out of yeah. it's out of power or something. Well, things like, things like yeah. that when I like when I see a payphone in something and I it's not crazy to me because I still remember the time of when people needed to use payphones. But a lot right? of people watching the, the new movies would be like, why is he why is why is he trying to use a payphone? So I think they wanted to address like oh no he has a cell phone right now. Yeah, no, that that is all that is all justifiable to me. Like it would be it would be another thing entirely if like I was watching it and it was made today. Or it was made then, and it's a cell phone, but it's in, in, it's like a completely inane cell phone. Like that takes me out of it, right? Like yeah, I can Zach watch Morris cell phone. The Zach yeah. Morris cell phone, we'll say by yeah. Bell. Yeah, but I can watch something with the full knowledge of when it was made and sort of keeping those things in mind. So, and also, I think the uh, the cast the, or the, the cast of characters is tight enough mm -hmm. that I, I can get over those hurdles. Like you have Shinji. Asuka, what is it? Ray, Rai, what's her name again? Ray, Ray, Ray. Um, uh, Mitsuha, I keep forgetting her fucking name. Misato, Misato, uh, Misato, Ryoji, the Doctor, Ritsko, Ritsko, yeah. and then her, his two friends, and then maybe his dad. That's yeah, nine, yeah. right? But the main characters are what Shinji, Asuka, and Ray and yeah. Misato. So like. Outside of those, I think that I, I don't know. I like that it's a very tight cast. I find that a lot of uh, animes can get a little bloated sometimes, right? Like in this okay. by, the second, by the second episode of Naruto, we have to follow Naruto, Sasuke, whatever the fuck the girl's name is. That's kind of here. like a class. That's like because they're in a school, so they have classmates. Yeah, it's and the I'm going to defend Naruto because fuck you. It's See, the fellowship, right? I understand the whole the idea of the yeah. fellowship in 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 a in a. Uh, you know, whatever in a property, but I think that there is a little more building. There's a little more oh, yeah. time put into the development of the group, which is something I'm enjoying about Neon Genesis Evangelion because it is something that I feel like in anime we don't get enough of. I tried to rewatch. I started to. I or I've not tried. I, I have started rewatching to try to finish Attack on Titan, or to get to the end before the last of the last of it comes out, or is it already out? I don't know. No, no. Um, but like within the first like five minutes, you've got uh, Aaron, uh, the girl with the fucking scarf, whatever the fucking name Mikasa. was, Armin, Mikasa, and Armin, and you got to keep track of those. And then they introduce more characters inside of the first, the, the next five minutes. And by the end yeah. of the episode, you got the full cast of characters and Levi and all the others. And it's just like cool, but like I didn't work for it. Like as a guy who writes stories, I do. There is something to be said for the slow growth of the group, of the fellowship. That is the trope, the fellowship, taken, of course, from Lord of the Rings. So, like, I like the slower growth, and I'm sort of mm. getting what a lot of what I like out of just tropes in Evangelion. I will say watch more of Attack on Titan because you may feel that the group is very large and that, you know, they were just introduced quickly. But I believe there's a – I would argue that there's a reason for that. I mean, well, you've seen season – you've seen season one, right? Yeah, most of those characters 
they don't make it out of season one. That's right. So the, yeah. the, really there are only like four or five main characters. The others I believe are introduced. And I, I think are introduced in such a way that they make you care for these characters. And then you don't realize that, oh shit, in episode five, some of these characters <laughs> are going to get killed. Yeah. Like already. I think I think there's something to that style of storytelling. Like first episode of Invincible does this. You get the Guardians of the Globe. And then by the end of the episode, they're all dead. Spoilers. Uh, but... It's hard for a show to know exactly which characters to kill at the right time for maximum impact. And I, when they do get it right, when they hit that right chord and that right balance of, oh, I don't hate you for killing them off, but it still makes me sad through the main character's perspective that this person is dead. That's always a good kill uh, for from a storytelling point of view. Um, but I mean, they always I've, there's always that that phrase among writers, "kill the dog" or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. remember no. what it means, but they do enjoy killing no, dogs. It's, it's, you kill the dog. You kill the You kill the thing that people that is. You kill the innocence, right? You are both. It is both the metaphorical, but also is the metaphorical mur killing of the characters in a sense, but also the actual murder of that one thing in their life that was innocent and you know flawless and perfect, right? It's the same reason you see the parents die in like the first pages of a book. It's the same reason you have, um, you know, the kindly grandmother or the kindly maid or butler or uh, the best friend, or you see my point. Yeah. Um, I, I will say the other thing kind of in, in the vein of, the, of this, this idea of these large casts, when you end up with this kind of large cast and characters don't get killed off, you kind of end up with like the Dragon Ball Z scenario where there's a bunch of characters that are still kind of standing around and they used to be really important, but the, the creator doesn't really have time for them anymore. So they kind of just stand there. Uh, they don't yeah. get any more development. Hashtag Gohan. And, well, yeah, he's not even the worst. I mean, I'm thinking like Tien and like Krillin and uh, I but mean- they still serve a purpose, they die. Yeah, but they, well, they keep dying. They get they're, 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 they get war. Back to life, and then they die again, and they come back to life. And so, essentially, it's like they're not really. Yeah. Like yeah. I think, like with the, with characters, I think you want to write them an out or kill them. You want like killing killing them is an out if they're meaning your their death has to have meaning, mm -hmm. or you need to write, write them out. As an example, in like Young Justice in season two, like by the end, the cast is bloated. They write out a lot of the cast because they're like, we're young. I've spent, I was, I spent the ages of nine to 17 being a superhero. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Right. When Dick like takes his hands off and he becomes oh, yeah. a bitch, you know, and then like, and then Wally died, but it had a purpose. Spoiler alert for a show that's been out for 10, 11 fucking years. Uh, but I'm like, I'm curious about your thoughts okay. on the differences of Eastern and Western storytelling styles then and, the, and the character what? arcs and whatnot. And who's that how psychologist? Who's that psychologist or author? He like he came up with the Campbell? idea of hero's journey. It's Campbell's like the hero's journey, right? Yeah. It's like you still need a, a hero needs to go through the same things. It doesn't matter if it's the original, the birth of the Western tradition in the Odyssey, or if it's the most inane, like I'm talking the most surrealist, crazy fucking science fantasy anime, right? Like I'm, I was reading about, I was, I follow this one, um, this YouTuber, Hello Future Me. He talks a lot about world building and the sort of the very meta of like, you know, making an, an, um, a fictional world he lived in. He was talking about, um, uh, what's the empire called in Code Geass again? 
something Britannian. I've never watched the anime. It's like the Holy Britannian Empire, something like that, right? It's like if, you know, some queen got deposed and then she refounded a new Brit British Empire from, like, the New World. But, like, like there's magic and, like, mechs and all working as one. And it gets so fucking crazy, but... What was my point? What were we talking about? Talking about Eastern and Western storytelling <laughs> in Campbell. With all that in mind, you still have the mentor character, the wise old wizard. You still have the MacGuffin item. You still have uh, the dark lord or the villain. You still have the best friend. And the best friend may be the smart guy or the big guy or both. Or you may have multiples, right? Like archetypes. The archetypes. Archetypes exist everywhere. Right, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like in Vinland Saga, yeah, you, exactly. In Vinland Saga, like he's he the the big guy is uh, Thorkel in uh, uh, in in Evangelion. Uh, Ritsko is the the smart guy, right? Mm -hmm. Sato is both the big guy because she is this boisterous alcoholic character, but who is very good at her job, arguably better than the protagonist. Right, you can also make the argument Asuka is the big guy, right? And you don't one need not be big and tall to be the big guy. Gimli, mm -hmm. is the big guy, and he's the shortest. He's the one of the shortest members of the Fellowship, right? Like all of those archetypes can still exist, and it, I don't think he, they don't really fall into the same divisions of East and West, right? Mm -hmm. the same reason that like cultures that never interacted inevitably have like Earth mommy sky oh, daddy narratives, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So I think, like, specifically, like, a criticism I might have? Is that what you're asking, Kai? No, I'm, I'm just curious um, whether you, you can, like, I mean. Uh, Here's the thing. You know what it is? When you're watching something, mm. think about the, when one is watching something, and I'm saying this to the listener as well as you guys, uh, please listen to our podcast, rate, rate and review with five stars. Um, DM us on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> think about the, the hoops that something may have to jump through to get to you, to get to your mm -hmm. cultural context, right? So say I watch um, Death Note, the movie star, the movie that was made in America, the one with Willem Dafoe. Well, how many, so that started out as a Japanese manga that then became a Japanese anime that was then probably translated into and dubbed or subbed into English. American English, probably. Someone watched that, and then they decided they were going to make it into an American movie in English with white actors in which they had to translate, but also translate cultural things. So from mm -hmm. the Japanese to the American. Not just Western, but American. So obviously yeah. you want to bank it to as to the highest number of people as possible. All of those hoops that had to jump through, I'm not going to watch it, though. I'm going to watch because it's still fewer hoops for me to jump through if I want if, if I want to understand or know Death Note, and I just go back and I watch the sub your dub anime. So it's the same reason I may like or I will like Young Justice or Avatar more always because it has fewer hoops have had to or hurdles to be there are to be overcome, right? Mm -hmm. I really don't think it's it can be boiled down to Eastern versus Western. You know, I was, fascinating I was thinking, take on it. I was thinking about about um 
you know, these changes uh, that these stories have to go through kind of when they're, you know, being marketed to a different audience. Let's say you're taking a, a Japanese story and, 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 and trying to market it to an audience in, in America. Because I was thinking about adaptations, what makes a good adaptation, um, because I was thinking about the upcoming adaptation of, of your name and how they're, you know, going to change certain aspects of it. Um, I, you know, I think, I think the, the idea is that, you know, it's going to be, um, a boy from Chicago, um, uh, and, uh, a, a girl, I guess, from a, a particular Native American culture. I'm not too sure. Um, but it just got me thinking, like, do you think that those changes are necessary in order, like, for, 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 for people in a different culture to appreciate it? Or do you think this is kind of just, you know, something that's very unnecessary? Because, like, for me, I don't think... I'm, I'm also thinking about a lot of the changes that had to be put into, you know, anime like like um, Pokemon and stuff like that. They try and make it a little bit more, I guess, relatable to, to you know, the audience that they're going for in, in, in the States. And I'm just wondering what you think, how you think, how necessary you think those kind of changes are. So uh, just off of that, that one small thing I will say, and then we'll jump to why Kai's face looked like that when he when Matt was talking about the urine adaptation. Um, for example, when you watch Pokemon in the original in Japan, they will make they may show onigiri or a bowl of noodles or whatever. In the American version, it will onigiri may be changed to a breakfast sandwich or a sandwich, and noodles or ramen they get turned into spaghetti. Right. Right. Do you think that's necessary? Do you think people aren't going to enjoy it because obviously the person whoever was in charge of that seemed to think so. Uh, I, here's my thing. If I want to make something, I want to, and I want it to be popular. I want to get rid of as many hurdles as possible for people enjoying it and thus watching it and giving me more money. Right. Right. Are these real hurdles or are they imagined? We think that people won't understand it because of these, the, 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 these things that maybe don't resonate as strongly in one culture, but, but perhaps. I don't know. Not that important. Because with, with your, your name example, like a native American, the woman is going to be native american okay that's what we know is it because because we know that um uh, uh uh mitsuha comes from a more significantly more rural traditional culture or or japanese like sort of uh, uh settlement or community than uh what's his face does than the main guy whatever his, what's his name i can't remember taki uh, taki and uh, because of that, they want they they want to show that off in the American version, but they don't want to make them Japanese. Okay, they make them the closest thing they can. Like I'm not complaining. I'm fine. Oh, no, I'm not complaining either. I'm just wondering if such a change. I get I get that is the change you would make if you're going to change it. But why change it at all? I don't know because they want to make it American, and if they make it Japanese, then they have to base in Japan. Because what? Well, let's, let's Kai, because you had you were making your faces. I I was making some very uh, I'm distasteful. I find I find certain adaptations distasteful because uh, first, well, I can't believe I'm 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 referencing Bollywood, but. Uh, in my youth, uh, I would I spent a considerable amount of time watching Bollywood movies with my family, and every as I grew up, every once in a while I would watch a movie and say, "Hold on a second, this is just the same plot as 
as some other movie I'd seen uh, the English version of. And and Bollywood is known um, to blatantly copy Western movies right down to the soundtracks. Like they do not give a shit over there. They will just steal a riff and make a whole new song with it. Even like make the same song. Who gives a shit, right? Um, and I think one of the weirdest examples of this was uh, The Professional, uh, Natalie Portman's first movie, um, or Les Professionnels. Um, and I don't know if have you guys seen that one? No. Heard really? Wow. Um, what, she was like 12. She's basically 12. Gary Oldman kills her family. And she uh, gets the help of a trained assassin um, who, yeah, basically teaches this 12-year-old girl how to murder or how to get revenge. Who's the assassin? Huh? Uh, what's his face? Uh, the really cool French dude. Um, older dude. Can't remember his name. Oh, the guy from the guy from Pink Panther and 22 Bullets? I, maybe. I honestly don't know. Okay. Um, but if you if you see it, you'll be like, oh yeah, him. But honestly, good movie. The professional, watch it. Um, but yeah, the Bollywood version was almost the same thing, except they aged up. Um, they aged up Natalie Portman's character and had her fall in love with the assassin, and they literally copied scenes, scene for scene, shot for shot, angle yeah. for angle. Oh, and it was it was gross. And but. Uh, and the thing is, there, but they made changes because, of course, the original didn't have like a song and dance sequence or five, but the Bollywood version did. Why? Because uh, <laughs> Bollywood. Um, That's not an yeah, answer. That, what? That's not an answer, but go on. <laughs> no, it is because okay, Bollywood. So you, know what, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna side with you on this one. I understand where you're coming from. So yeah, it's. But, I but don't it, like. I. I understand the 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 need to tell adaptations or ch like do a certain plot in a different culture, but I just I'm one of those people who says if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna change, if you need to change the story that much, write a completely different story. Go all out. Don't call it your name. Don't do the whole thing. Like just go and make the make, use the plot fine use the plot points but make your own movie at that point well, stop trying know, to adapt shit for all we know that's what's happening it, but you can call but that's what an adaptation is right like as an example but what i mean what i mean by that is adapt from the uh, the source that the anime came from if your name was a book go to that book but, you know, and, and it, but the the book was the light novel was made after the anime came out was it yeah, yeah. They're basically yeah, okay the then then go then fine go to the that's the thing with with something like animation i don't think you need to go to this to um i don't think you need to adapt it that's the thing there's certain stories i don't think you need to adapt and i don't think that this yeah, is but one dude, you're, that's why okay, i was making those we to, but we okay we need to stop having these conversations then because we end up talking about you don't need to adapt it but we they want to make money they're going to adapt it let's talk yeah i'm going to say the Here's adaptations money. are usually bad as an example, have you guys seen Old Boy? No, I've wanted to. Parts of it. So I've seen by now. I have seen the original uh, once, and I've seen the because I first watched the um, Thanos. Fuck. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. I've seen the Josh Brolin version a couple times. I'd seen it once, 
Then I watched the original, the, the original, the South Korean one. Then I watched the, the other one again years later. And I think it is a good movie. I think it's a good adaptation. I think it's fucked up. And a big part of the reason it didn't do as well as it could have, people theorize, is because it was too much like the original. Mm. It is all, you look, go back now, it is almost a shot for shot remake. That doesn't know what makes it bad. It's that you have made it, you have just changed the actors into made them white and you have just made them speak English instead of Korean. Yeah. So the question one must ask then is like, why are, or like, are you changing it enough? Right. Are you changing something enough? Like people say that, you know, a hit like Star Wars is based on Kira Kurosawa, Akira Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress. It's not very obviously made that though. It is its own thing. Much in the same way that Throne of Blood adapts Macbeth, it's still a samurai movie first. And I think we can maybe think about the Yornet adaptation and other adaptations much in the same way, but I don't want to get into that right now. That's a good those are good comparisons. But that's why I think they're gonna make it make her Native Americans. They want to act, attach some sort of spiritual animistic element that isn't Abrahamic religion but for an American cultural context. And un, an American yeah. will have a better understanding of Native American shamanism better than they will of Japanese animism and Shintoism. They just will. Neither may be, they may not Fair have point. a great one or an accurate one, but they'll have a better understanding of the former than the over the latter. I, I uh, concede my point and accept your argument. Want to go back to um, one last thing about Neon Genesis, and that is, um, Matt, do you think you've learned, or do you think you've gotten a deeper appreciation with each rewatch? And yeah. if so, and how many times have you rewatched? I've rewatched it probably three times over the years. Um, but I, I think my, my deep appreciation for it, it doesn't just come solely from the rewatch. It also comes from talking about it with other people because there mm -hmm. are certain things going on that, um, you can miss. Um, and so, um, getting other people's take on it, I think is quite helpful when it comes to a show like that. Um, but yeah, there's certain things that there's certain things that I, I like more now and certain things that I like less. Um, mm. it's just kind of every, 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 like when I first watched it, I kind of liked that it was kind of hard to follow and there, you know, they were using all this kind of terminology, just throwing it out there and, you know, that you had to really stop and think about what was going on. But now when I go back, I think, you know, I, I think maybe it could have been, um, put together a little better. I think that um, from, that's a jargony thing. I think it comes from like when you, you when you watch Game of Thrones, like the first mm -hmm. first and second season, especially when they were really closely following the books, uh, you get that a lot. Like when they are using vocabulary that doesn't make sense and they don't explain it. Yeah. Well, just also the way they kind of throw it out there and then it turns out there's really no greater significance right. attached oh. to it. They just decided we're yeah. going to call it this because it sounds cool. When right. I first watched, I, I liked that. And now now when I on, on subsequent rewatches, I've kind of found it, you know, a bit a bit unnecessary. That's interesting. Because like I like when I watch Game of Thrones, I think it's cool that they say in in real life when there are when there's a monarch and they that person they have had that a monarch has had that name before or with the Pope. You, it's it's always like Pope Benedict the Fourteenth, the Fourteenth. Whereas in Game of Thrones, it's like X number, first of his name, third of his name, so on and so forth, or of her name. And I think like that is sort of adding a little bit of cultural world building, just changing the jargon of mm -hmm. it a little bit. Like, 
um, and putting more weight on the name. And whereas with, I, I, I can't think of anything because I've, again, I've only watched the, it the one time, but like with Evangelion, um, some of the jargony stuff is to get over. But at this point, like, I don't pay attention. I think the visuals, the fights are cool. I pay attention to the dialogue though. I'm not paying attention to the, you know, the big explosive. Oh, wow. An angel explodes again. Wow. How, how inventive. What? You have to find another way to pierce its armor because somehow it's adapting. What? Maybe maybe tell the story about how it's adapting. Tell that story. I don't know. Well, I'm thinking more like when they throw, like, I, I don't know if you've, have you seen the lance of the, 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 the spear of Longinus yet? Or that's yes. like, Is that how you say it? Yeah. Like a bident, right? Well, when I was a kid, they always pronounced it Longinus in the, in the old ADV dub. And in this new dub, they, they pronounce it the lance of Longinus, which I believe is actually how it's pronounced. Well, it's the bident, um, right? The red bident. Yeah. But yeah. again, like, does it need to be called that? Because it has no connection in any way to the actual, you know. They want to, they're going for the jargon again. This is this is yeah. one of those where people are using words without knowing what they mean, right? It's, I love it, it. It would be like if I call a stage a plinth, right? I'm technically telling, I'm, I'm not technically wrong. But like, just call it a fucking. Well, it's not that it's technically wrong. It's just that you've given it this name, but for no reason, really. Like you're not yeah. going to explore that or yeah. anything. And that's the kind of stuff that I, I I find unnecessary now. I do want to ask, what do you think about the fact that nobody in this dub can agree on how you pronounce Salite? or uh, like some or nerf? Some call it nerf. Some nerf. call it nerf. nerf. Like, there's there's weird things about this new dub where like the the voice actors cannot agree on oh. how you. You know what I'm thinking, maybe? You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that they only redubbed parts. Yeah. Oh, no, they redubbed all of it. It's all new voice. Yep. Oh. oh, shit. I don't know. I know there's a there's a technician in who works for Ritzko who looks exactly like Matthew Mercer, complete with hair and vest. <laughs> oh, yeah, the dude. Yeah, one of the three. Uh, the one Starfleet, yeah. Like in the Starfleet setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting as well when we think we're talking about this because mm, Evangelion, before we go to the Bad Batch, Evangelion is definitely character driven. It's about the characters. It's mm -hmm. not really about the world. Whereas you watch something, and same with Star Wars, but you watch something like Star Trek. We talk, we've had this conversation in the past. Yeah. Whereas Star Trek is about the world. Yeah. And that was that's another issue I have with it. Again, when I was young, I liked how that it was kind of hard to, you know, sparse out what parse out what was going on. It was hard to parse out what was going on, but in, in subsequent rewatches, I wish it was a little clearer because I do actually care about this, you know, the world that they're kind of building, um, although kind of secondary to the character developments. And even though there is a movie that's plans 25 and 26 and, and has a little bit more focus on plot, there's a lot of things that are left open-ended. And as, as, as somebody who'd like to fully understand what's happening, it's a bit of a letdown. Um, Fair enough. I, I I agree with the whole thing about character building. I think that's why I could not get into the Bad Batch and I haven't watched anything since episode two is because the way the world is being shown through these characters doesn't appeal to me for some reason. And ultimately, we do have to experience the world through the characters and the Bad Batch are not as interesting as uh, Mando or Baby Yoda or forget even the you know, even uh, that lizard lady with the eggs that Baby Yoda kept eating. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, salamander? Yeah, the salamander chick. Like, even she's, I find her even a bit more interesting than, than oh. anyone on the Bad Batch. So, here's what I'm going to say about the Bad Batch. 
what they are the bad batch what the show is meant to be doing it's showing us the 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 transition of republic to empire on a on a more gritty like less macro fucking like there is no more democracy or freedom fascism is here well yes we know that but they're showing us all the other little things i understand that i'm okay with that i think the problem is that it was pitched as this character driven thing and half mm. of the episodes have been some like monster of the week. Yeah. We need money. Yeah. Bullshit. And episode mm-hmm. seven ended or sorry, started with the end of a mission. And they've been doing missions for a while. It seems like it's tradition. We got to go eat this snack food. Just me and Omega with Wrecker and Omega. And, you know, the fact that Liam O'Brien and is the Ithorian and Sam Regal, his best friend in real life is the weak way. And they're like the two guys who are in that bar and their best friends in real life, both on critical role is amazing. I just, re- and I caught their voices and I was like, that's not them at first. And I was like, Oh yeah, it is them. Um, but the thing with the show is it's these monster of the week bullshit is not great for what they pitch it as. And it's something I hated. That's the reason I haven't watched or I've skipped most of the episodes of the, of the clone wars. Cause it's so much just, Oh, wow. You're besieging Umbara for another week in a row. Mm. Right? Fast forward to fucking uh, uh, double, double lidded lightsabers. What's that fucking guy's name? Maul? Krell. General Pong Krell. I fast forward oh. to that shit and then I keep going. Like, you know, I skip most of the Onderon stuff whenever I watch it because it's like <sighs> snore. Like, like, we get it. The war is hell. We fucking get it. Like, get to the story. And with the Bad Batch, we're really not seeing that drawdown anymore, that transition from Republic to Empire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now it's character-driven, and we're not really getting information. We're just getting Omega being trained, and we're getting – we're not learning anything new. We still don't know anything about Omega. All we know is that she is a clone or the template for a clone or something. We're almost halfway done, and we don't know what what, who she is. Or even – Come back for episode 16 is probably uh it's oh man ah it's episode seven though put me back it's like just like the godfather just when they think i'm out of pull me back in episode seven was fucking great yeah and it, every- and it had like like it you know it so great. the episode was saved by a guest appearance by an old character you know what that no, you know what that signaled why? in you know sitcom why? days you know why because he was the vehicle of change that we that we had been leading the only slub plot that's been going on that it just paid off in this episode and that's in rex is the reason why and then he left at the end of the episode and that was that although they keep talking about the mart they keep like they keep forcing the martez sisters i'm like fuck no one cares i don't i don't care like about these two people we get it life sucks in the emp in the republic too but why the same those are the two that those are the two that hung out with Ahsoka for a few episodes. Yeah. yeah. Why? Okay, I did not care about them. Why? It's it has nothing to do with anything, any aspect of their characters, but like see, yeah, give me a characters. Give me a Star why, Wars West Wing. Why specifically these people who are basic who are smuggler mechanics, just like literally every other side character in Star Wars? Yeah. Give me give me a Star Wars West Wing that has a few political assassination attempts. Now that's that's how you show that the empire is changing. 
things. Like I want to see, yeah. I want to see politicians. I want to see things blowing up from time to time. We know that people jockey for power to gain Palpatine's favor. We know Palpatine's the big bad guy. We know he's in charge. I don't care about that. I want to know about everything underneath him within mm -hmm. the Empire. That's why I would love, and I would love to run this game for you guys at one one day, you guys and a couple other people, like a Star Wars property about a crew of like Imperial assassin or a black ops crew that works for the Empire and is gung-ho Empire or their mercenaries or whatever. Like show us that. We get it. People who are bad and who were warriors become mercenaries. I wonder if the Bad Batch will join the, re the rebellion. I wonder. Hmm. It's so mysterious. Hunter keeps debating if he wants to do it, if that's best for Omega. I wonder if giving her up to people who can take care of her will be what's best. And then he um, and the Bad Batch will go off and continue being mercenaries. Like, I, it's so formulaic at this point. I'm only watching because I want to see where it goes. I will say that everything you, all of your criticisms of the Bad Batch, um, those are the same kind of things I've been thinking. I thought it was going to be like more seasons five, six, and seven of the Clone Wars, but it turns out it's more like seasons one and two of the Clone Wars in terms of how it feels. Yeah. Um, but, it, but back to your point about about this, this kind of like, you know, West Wing style um, uh, show, uh, Star Wars show, which I think would be a great idea. Um, I don't, neither of you guys have read Shadows of the Empire, right? I mean, it's not, it's not really, you know, in the vein of the West Wing, but it does follow this one character who's trying to supplant Vader at Palpatine's side, but not by killing Vader, but by like, you know, getting to Luke first so that Vader loses Palp Palpatine's favor. And so that this man, a Prince Shizor, I think it's how it's pronounced, can become the number two guy in the empire. Um, and, and that was a great story. So I, I think, I think the idea of, of exploring uh, characters who were, who were, trying to jockey for position, but not necessarily, you know, do do so by outright killing other people, but like, um, you yeah. know, changing like, how they're seeing is interesting. Like, obviously, post, like, obviously, the Disney has pretty much confirmed, like, before Disney came along in Legends, it was sort of, and even, and based on everything, like, oh, he has dissolved the Senate in, like, the first hour of the first Star Wars movie, he's dissolved the Senate. Okay, so that means up until that point, that means that the Senate was still around. So mm. how does a legislative Duma-esque body work under the Repub under the Empire when Palpatine at that time still needs to keep up in between that in that 19-year gap, he still has to keep up appearances. So what does he allow them to do and think they were they are accomplishing? Like, what's it like to be a journalist or a senator who is who you vote you voted? Or say your your predecessor voted for be voted for the empire, and you're taking over now. What's it like to be that senator? What's it like to be a journalist on the Hollow News or on the Hollow Net in the Star Wars universe? You know, we keep getting these big macro war things, and we get it. You're not gonna straight get away from the original trilogy. You're gonna keep rehashing trilogy stuff of the prequels and the original trilogy and the area in between. You're gonna keep rehashing it. Show me something I haven't seen before, or fucking you know, move on to the higher public already. But there's some really shitty fans out there who are like, no, no new stuff. Play the same old songs I like. And if no. you don't, then you're garbage. And that's that's the thing. Like fans, fans are trash. We are. Oh, because really? Star Wars fans are trash? What? I'm just, yeah. 
who knew, right? It's just like, oh, give us, give us something new. In other no, we in don't want something new. News, water wet. Yeah, it was just like, so I don't, and I, again, we always go back to fan expectations. Are we ever going to be satisfied, or are we ever going to get what we finally want to get? Yeah, but you could exp you could follow one of the one of those stories that that Sam has pitched here about following a journalist or a senator, and you could still yeah. have Vader show up once in a while, just to like you know get, get, give it that exciting like original trilogy flavor. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's this week's episode. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, uh, you'll tune in next time.